6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, they are always the talk of the town when they happen, and it's happened a few times this year, at least they've been witnessed a few times this year. In February, residents as far south as Cochrane and as far north as Falaire reported a streak of light and a bright flash in the sky. In October, another meteor streaked across the sky, lighting up areas from Calgary, Edmonton, and Canmore. And last night, another fireball lit up parts of central Alberta. There was a loud rumble and a boom that was heard by many as well. So a lot of folks wondering now, hey, is there a possibility that we could find some remnants of whatever streaked across the sky. Dr. Chris Hurd is a meteorite expert and curator of the University of Alberta Meteorite Collection and, by the way, is also working with NASA on the Mars Perseverance rover as it collects samples from the red planet. Hey, Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> so, uh, first off, the difference between a meteor and a meteorite is what? So, a meteor is... <clears throat> a meteor is... Uh, is the phenomenon that we see in the sky and that some people saw it was kept captured on doorbell cameras <laughs> uh the the what we call a bright meteor is a fireball and then a meteorite is if there's anything that survives that whole process that would be the rock that made it to the ground is a oh. meteorite Okay, so the U of A has a, a fireball monitoring network. There's and, and there's a number of big fancy cameras around the region that, uh, you know, that are trained on the sky. Did they catch anything last night? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, the weather didn't really cooperate for us. Um, it was cloudy in a lot of areas. Um, so I think uh, it was lucky that, that anybody saw it, really. <laughs> so did you see it by chance? I didn't know. I missed it. Oh, okay. So do you have any idea from what you've heard about it, what you've seen? I know there, there was that one doorbell camera out of, I think, Rocky Mountain House. Do you have any idea what you can tell us or what you can tell us about it? Well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the first thing is to, is to say, okay, what is this? And it, it, does, it really does have the hallmarks of a fireball that is a space rock coming in. And um, because things like it, it brightened and then there was sort of a bit of a flash and dimmed and then another flash that's kind of telling you that it's a rock, you know, like it's, I don't even, I can't even give you sort of an estimate, but at least the size of your, of your fist kind of thing, but probably okay. bigger. Um, and, and then breaking up sort of going through its traumatic entry through the atmosphere <laughs> as it streaks through. Um, so, so that's the, the first thing that I could, I could say as opposed to a piece of a piece of space debris or something else. Um, but otherwise uh, we just have so few, observations mm. um from different angles you know and, and as we talked about before the key is is to have those observations from different sides of the fireball some different sides of the track so that you can literally triangulate it in 3d to you know to sort of uh, figure out where any meteorites might have landed yeah and so from from your chair um as a meteorite expert and curator of the u of a's meteorite collection and not willing to guess or maybe you know your scientific background could maybe pinpoint where some of those things might have shown up or the meteorites might be if there's any remnants we're, we're still working on it and okay. that's the thing when you only have the one observation it just it just doesn't doesn't allow you to nail it down what is interesting is that the boom that people heard yes that was actually a sonic boom which happens with some of these events basically it's from the rock kind of decelerating sort of slowing down so quickly in the atmosphere it actually gives off a sonic wave uh, if you will and that's typically heard within a few tens of kilometers so maybe oh. 100 kilometers from from well from where it happens in the sky which 
could still be 20 plus kilometers up. So sort of take that with a grain of salt. And it was mostly, it was, I think it was mostly people in the Southern part of Edmonton that heard that. So that gives you, you know, it could be then somewhere closer to Edmonton, but again, we just can't say to, to a high enough degree of, certainty to be able to say you know hey keep an eye out you know in this area or that area okay because you know chris i live in very deep southwest edmonton almost backing on to devon and i was sitting on the couch last night i had a glass of wine looking at my christmas tree my dog's on the other couch and i i heard the boom i heard the rumble and it lasted for quite a bit of time at first i thought it was thunder and my dog lost his little mind because he doesn't like thunder so he came running over to me and then i thought well did my neighbors start up their snow machine that's how loud it was to me it was really something else i'd never heard that before and um it was really quite surprising to be honest that's with you fascinating that's really great that, yeah. you're lucky <laughs> And, and it was interesting because I was talking to my husband who teaches in Leduc and he was driving up the QE2 and we were talking on the phone around that time as well and I said did you hear that and he said well I heard something but I also just saw a big bright light and so and it was right around that 844 845 uh, time frame but yeah it was it was something else didn't know what it was and then started seeing everyone talking about it on on twitter that sort of thing hey you know what chris that one that was um spotted back i think in february that uh, was as far south as cochran as far north as Folaire. i think that ended up um you guys determined that it was uh part of a comet how do you tell the difference oh that yeah that's a fascinating story so um, that that's where we had enough observations to get a trajectory, and uh, it was too small for anything to survive to the ground. Um, it was also really fast, way faster than they normally come in, and it, and um, so small and fast still gives off a lot of energy because you know it's just think like a, something going small and fast is the same amount of energy as something going slower but th- that's bigger. So so small and fast in this case. Um, comes in, it also came in at, a, at, a, at an odd angle, um, and all of those things together, and then broke up, basically obliterated itself high up in the atmosphere. And in that particular case, we could track the orbit back, and it told us that it was probably more like a from a cometary source. So it's from a part of the solar system where we expect comets to come from instead of asteroids. Comets, of course, being different, and that they're mixtures of rock and, and ices, not that this had much ice necessarily, it just yeah. uh, from a different sort of um, orbit. And, uh, and actually, we're, we've got a paper that's, uh, that's, that's in the works for describing it oh, because fantastic. it's something that hasn't been seen before. So, Chris, I mean, as, you know, someone with your job as, you know, a meteorite expert, how, how many m- meteors have you seen in your lifetime? Like in person, real life? In person, I've really, I've only seen one. Wow. Yeah, growing up in Ottawa, it was one that that uh, was seen. I was at a baseball game in Ottawa and saw it, uh, and it landed in the eastern townships, east of Montreal, a place called Saint Robert. Wow, wow, yeah. um, you know, fascinating stuff. If uh, you know, I know people, you know, have started talking. Oh, I'm wondering if we can find anything. If someone finds something that they think might be from space, a space rock of sorts, what do they look for? It's going to have a black crust on the outside. Um, if it's broken open at all, which tend, which does tend to happen, they tend to sort of break up in the atmosphere and even break, you know, just as as they're as they're falling in what's called dark flight. So at the end of the end of the fireball happens 20 kilometers up, and then they fall in dark flight um, after they slow down enough. There's not enough friction, 
So there can be breakage in there. And so oftentimes it looks like sort of like a chunk of cement. Um, on the inside, it's sort of a much lighter color, like a gray. Okay. And and then with a really like almost jet black crust on the outside. That's what a fresh meteorite fall looks like. Of course, there are different types that can look different, but really looking for kind of a smooth outer surface. And of course, in this case, um, you know, because we've had snow, we have snow on the ground, uh, you're looking for something that's, that's lighted on the snow. And they're still going maybe a couple hundred kilometers an hour uh, when they hit the ground. So if it's a thin layer of snow, you know, on a field, it could even punch in and sort of punch a bit of a hole and then bounce and roll sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you might see a splotch of dirt or something like that. There's lots of cases okay. like that in, in history where that's happened. So that's the, the kind of thing to be on the, on the lookout for. All right. Sounds good. Um, you know, quickly, how are things going with collecting rocks from Mars? <laughs> oh, it's going great. It's going great. We have uh, we have four rocks in the bag, uh, four, four samples in the tube, so, and, and more coming even uh, as early as next week. Oh, fascinating. What a cool job you have, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Always appreciate your time. Always a pleasure. Take Thanks. care. Dr. Chris Hurd joining us this afternoon, and he is a meteorite expert, curator of the University of Alberta's meteorite collection. By the way, also working, he's a, a part of the science team with NASA on the Mars Perseverance rovers. They're collecting rocks and tucking it into the belly of that machine. So cool, so cool.